All right, we are live. Welcome everyone to episode three of Looking for More, your dedicated podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, game development, and gaming culture. I am joined today by the Nathan Napalm. Welcome back, buddy. Glad to be here. Awesome. And Wondering Mist, always a pleasure to have you back too, bud. Hey, everybody. We are we are down one today. One of our party members couldn't make it, unfortunately, Lexer. He is here with us in spirit. I can feel him gleaming over my shoulder, right? No, we're good. We're good. He's not here. <laughs> but I'm sure he's going to enjoy that. <laughs> I'm sure he'll avoid this, enjoy this later when he actually tunes in to check it out. But uh, we've got a, a lot of topics today, man. We're going to really focus on some really good discussion around just game development, I think would be awesome. And there are a lot of games in development, but why don't we talk about something else that's been in development for a while? Uh, the PlayStation 5 had a reveal today. Did you guys check that out? Sure did. Oof. Yeah, it was cool. There was Man. a lot. There was so much to unpack. Like, oh my goodness, so much. Yeah, I was uh, I was like very shocked at how clean that looked. And uh, yeah, what were some of your takeaways? Do you guys have any like thoughts about it? I think uh, place Sony have won the console war already. Like they completely dunked on Xbox in terms of just the <laughs> gameplay reveals and everything else that they've shown off. I, I, yeah, I, and I'm turning I into a Sony fanboy. <laughs> I agree, and it, I also have to say it's kind of sad, right? Like Microsoft should have the upper hand by now. Uh, bigger, you know, bigger company as far as uh, making. Uh, well, I guess that's not true, but but being that they're connected to PC. They should be able, I feel like with the connections they have with Windows, et cetera, they should have better connections to be able to pull mm. in companies like NVIDIA or whatever to make a more powerful console and to make a bigger splash. And I feel like they don't ever, the Xbox One. I mean, it, it takes batteries. Uh, what? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm totally just unconvinced with the Xbox One from its launch. It, it really was kind of dumb. But the console wars do kind of affect the MMO space, in my opinion, too, these days. Uh, that wasn't true 10 years ago, but it's totally true now uh, because everybody wants to take their MMO, if possible. And, guys, I think World of Warcraft's coming to the console. They're, they got the controllers, uh, the controller feature, official official controller feature, working for their next expansion. So I think they're about to make the job. What? Did you guys know that they have official? No, controllers? no. Yeah, for Shadowlands. Hold, yes. hold the phone. Yes, look it up. They sure do. That's one of the new features from Shadowlands. No way. Moment yeah, of silence. Moment of silence for those listening. They'll be like, "Oh, these guys are probably over there, mouth breathing right now, aren't they?" Hold on, guys. I gotta check this out, man. <laughs> yeah, they sure do. And somebody made a really good, uh, a really good fan-made mod for it a little while back, and I tried. It. I was like, "Wow, that works, cool." And I guess they, I guess Blizzard seen it was like, "Let's make an official one," you know, "Let's make this official." Oh my gosh, no way, man! I mean, if they put World of Warcraft on the Switch, then I'd, I'd be kind of happy with that. I'd totally be down with that. <laughs> that would be, be awesome. crazy. That would be crazy. They'd have to stream it, right? Which they can I mean, do. The technology's can do there. Yeah, absolutely, it's there. My God! Hell, you can play games on. You can play AAA games on a Raspberry Pi for God's sake nowadays. That's how right. ridiculous it is. Yeah, yeah. 
it's insane. Well, uh, the in Japan, the Wii, or I'm sorry, not the Wii, I always want to call it the Wii. The Switch has some MMOs. Um, not going to quote which ones, but I know for sure PSO2 in Japan is on the Switch. It just streams. It doesn't Dang. download. It doesn't download the game to the Switch because limited hard drive, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, the PS5 looks clean, man. Uh, high frames per second. Um, I think this was a pretty good announcement, right? Like they had some pretty good oh, yeah. games to show off. The uh, Square Enix title, which that could be the next Final Fantasy, guys. That would be the first time they <laughs> called it something weird, and then True. It, it, uh, that could be Final Fantasy 16 right there. And it reminded me, remember the Agatha thing they did a little while back? Yes. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys missed this last week, but Yoshi P, the guy doing Final Fantasy 14, has been slipping out some hints big time that he's working on the next possibly Final Fantasy MMO, which would probably be 17. Oh, so, yo. That good, would be on the good. PS5 for sure. Yeah, good point in chat too. Charles was saying, uh, remember that ESO is going to be releasing the Stadia. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that too. Dang, man. It's, is Stadia even still a thing? I, it is. I, <laughs> it's been, it's is been it slowing steadily, back? It's been steadily working. Uh, ha, the, oh, has it? Because I saw a <laughs> bunch of developers had just claimed off stadia completely yeah. and they said no we don't want any parts of it we we're not interested you you won't get anything from us um yeah, yeah. dang dude i can't believe that's just that's just gonna be a little bit of a mind-blowing thing. i don't play world of warcraft anymore but just the fact yes. that that could end up being a thing I'm when going, shadowlands comes out you'll come back no you will no everybody will no I will you know, show you the Paladin footage, and you will get hyped. I can't. You will come back. No, I'm not. I'm not even a World of Warcraft fan by any stretch of imagination. But when a new expansion comes out, I'll go in and check it out, see what it's all about. You know, I just gotta know. I gotta know what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, I'm stubborn. I'm just curious to see what they do with the leveling on that, and also with the because they're now putting in, uh, in WoW they're bringing in Torghast, which is their procedural generation dungeon. Oh yeah, yeah. So that'll be. They're finally jumping on that bandwagon, like five years late, but they're finally jumping on it. Uh, that that'll be really cool. Yeah, Blizzard, uh, you know, Diablo, etc. They they're kind of the pioneers of that, so it should yeah. should be good. But we're talking about a, a new age of Blizzard. We're not talking about the old Blizzard. So. True. Uh, the the <laughs> old Blizzard died a long time ago. Uh, I think. Rip Jeff Kaplan. Yeah, it's true. It, it, you know what though, man? You guys think so? No, I refuse. I refuse on principle. <laughs> Besides, and, and here's something else. Okay, I knew if this happened, I would definitely not come back. You know how they had that six month window where if you haven't played, your characters up for rename. I'm on Illidan with all my characters, right? Uh -huh. I like my names, right? I'm using my name. I'm not using Seymour TV or something. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. My name got flagged for a name change ages ago now because I turned myself off. I was like, I refuse on principle. You're not getting any more of this. And then it was like, I, I remember I was like, went back and I was like visiting the, cause I like, I'll watch Bellular Gaming on YouTube sometimes. Uh, he covers, wow, pretty hardcore. And you know, everything from the lore to like game development to community and all that stuff. Right. And uh, I was like, well, I'll watch that to get my fix if I want to know what's going on or, you know, or maybe like I think it's novel to see the uh, 
the you know the lore breakdown and sometimes like cinematics you can go you look at all that stuff up too plenty of people put compilations together all of this expansions uh cinematics in order you know and so i get my fix that way but now my name my name got flagged man my character my paladin is no longer because someone else on my on the server has it i freaking saw him on the armory and i was like you don't even you're you're a nooblet you was a nooblet too (laughs) so i was like never never will i return so don't tempt me you guys i'm looking at you hold on where are you i'm looking at you guys <laughs> all of you but uh it's a good segue to talk about wow because like here's the main thing i wanted to talk about today i thought it would be good to talk about this in in our world what is such commonplace and and it's no stranger to game development or video games is recycling right so there's like that 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 line where we talk about games and development. We talk about MMORPGs and development, right? And we're talking about all the things that we can learn from the past, you know, decade plus of MMORPG development, specifically right now, even video game development, right? And sometimes it's great when you like tip your hat to your predecessors and you talk about, uh, you know, you maybe take certain things like, hey, this worked really well. It's a great system. Why wouldn't we use it? Why wouldn't we bring that? to the game, right? But there's a line between kind of, you know, taking what works and then taking everything and reskinning it, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's like, you know, EverQuest, then you had WoW, and then you had the WoW Clone Wars, as a friend of mine said recently to me. And I love it. I do. I love it too. (laughs) I had to use it. (laughs) But you have the WoW Clone Wars, and that was that period. You know, I, I think back to World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King, that was just this great time in that yeah. game. And, you know, so many people wanted a piece of the pie. They were like, ah, we're going to be the wild killer. We're going to go and we're going to create this. We're going to be the wild killer. And all of these MMOs start popping up. And what are they? Uh, so many of them, it's like you have a death knight, but they'll rename the abilities. We'll change the names. So we're not even just talking about, you know, the theme for the overall narrative. We're talking about class identity we're talking about abilities, um, the game mechanics. Um, you're talking about like so many of the same things. And so you got this polarization of we take what, you know, don't use anything at all outside of game systems themselves that tend to come with sometimes the engines or whatever. And then you've got this other side where it's like all that fine tuning, all of that dressing it up, giving it its true identity as a game kind of gets lost because you just really copied and I've yeah. seen a lot of mobile games that have actually done this. I don't remember what it was, but I saw one one time and I swear it was like, uh, what was it? Like a, a death blade or something like that. And it was like uh, a skull <laughs> coil instead of death coil. But it was like the same thing. Looked the same, had the same kind of mechanic with a dot, you know, disease effect and all that. You're just going, man, you know, um, but yeah, like it's like movies, right? Movies. It's like how many times have we seen the same movie at this point, like just redone again? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a little different. Um, so like a movie can do it, and you're like, that's kind of cool, maybe sometimes because I've seen that movie a hundred times. It's always the same, et cetera, et cetera. But with a video game, like if we already have an option for it, 
and you're just going to recreate it over and over again, what's the point? I'll just go back to the source. I'll go back to the original. It's only going to actually make someone want to play the original more by playing copycats that aren't done as well or uh, didn't have the budget to pull off or doesn't have the history behind it or the lore behind it or whatever. Um, But there was some smart moves made during the early phases of the, uh, the WoW Clone Wars. And one of them, I'm trying to think of the name of that MMO, but it looks just like World of Warcraft. But it was free to play and that was when free to play was still kind of a new concept and it did really well because people were like uh my mom won't pay my subscription for wow so i can play this one for free until i get my subscription back um so there was there was some of that and that was a smart business move um but yeah i think that i think the wow clone wars is what put us in the situation we're in today where we don't have very many options with new mmos developing mm-hmm. big publishers don't want to do it etc yeah, mm. what you missed. Mm. You're pondering. I, I can see it in your I expression. Am, I am very much pondering. I so so. Here's my take on on the whole WoW Clone Wars. Obviously, all these companies they saw how big WoW was and they tried to take elements of it. We can't really blame them too much though, because there's in terms of if we take say classes, you were talking about the Death Knight there's not really much you can do to slide away from that. I mean, certain classes like warrior, mage, uh, priest, slash cleric, or whatever, those are pretty much set in stone, and it's very hard to move away from those stereotypes. Um, yeah. So I really don't blame companies for sticking with those. Plus, you need that... At some point, you need that kind of introduction. You can't have it all completely different because people will just ignore it. True. There needs to be some level of familiarity to bring them in, and I. But I think that these games went a little bit too far when it came to the familiarity and trying to just piggyback off. Wow. Also, they did. I feel like they didn't understand what made WoW successful in the first place. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that what happened also was World of Warcraft piggybacked off of EverQuest. True. Right? Uh, True. And it took you know Shadow Knight. That was. Yeah, that was the death knight, right? Uh, for yep. example. Um, but I, what they did obviously was smart. They had more money, they had more backing, and you know they were able to build a newer system, et cetera. And things run smoother. So they said, "What sucks about EverQuest?" Well, when I say sucks, I mean what does people complain about, right? And let's take those issues and try to resolve them in our MMO. And I think what happened was people who own like the Star Wars franchise, obviously, were like, "Okay, so." Warcraft was an established franchise. It already had a big fan following. Uh, and they made an MMO. And they did this formula. And it worked. They made bajillions of dollars. So we have a bigger franchise, such as Star Wars. Let's take ours and try to replicate. And, that you know, uh, the problem was that Star Wars Galaxy was already out before WoW. So they tried to take that formula and force it into their game. Which really didn't work, right? Um, mm-hmm. I guess you could say Knights of the... Uh, Knights of the uh, What's it called? The Knights of the Old Republic. Natural Republic, uh, yeah. That mm-hmm. game more really tried to take the WoW formula, sort of, but it, it did try to do its own thing a little bit, but still very WoWish. Um, but yeah, I think that that's what it was. It became like, a, what about our franchise? We've got a big franchise, a Warhammer. You know, they tried to be, uh, they tried to be like, well, we are the inspiration for Warcraft, so we're like the original one, so we're gonna listen to them. Yeah, it just got crazy. Yeah, but we're the OGs. We're the OGs, so come back to our game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they tried that. Now, I actually thought that might work. Uh, 
I really did. I was like, oh, well, Warhammer might really be the wild killer. This might be it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't to be. It wasn't it to be. was not to be. <laughs> and th this is something that I see a lot of people talk about, and, uh, and in fact, a lot of gamers do, is they try and take singular elements that work well in one game and just put them into another without mm. taking the whole picture in the and the context of right. why it works and how it works uh yeah. i saw in fact you you were talking sim you were talking about bellula uh bellular, yeah mm -hmm. and i i was watching one of his videos and this was just one point that i disagreed with him on he was saying like oh i wish they would take the mounts from guild wars 2 and put them into world of warcraft and mm. in terms of like the the progression from the mounts and all the different abilities oh, yeah. here's the thing though it wouldn't work because it's a completely different game mm -hmm. in guild wars 2 there is the entire world is designed around the mounts and you've got the different mounts are needed because they are used to access different parts of the game world in wow that's not the case in wow mounts are purely used to get from a to b to c that's it like they you you can access everything from the same mount so if even if they did port all of the mounts and the mount systems from guild wars 2 into wow it wouldn't change anything it wouldn't suddenly make the mount system great right because it's a completely different structure and it would actually probably be annoying to the fan base who didn't ask for that right so yeah i think we were talking yeah. about forcing like forcing systems like they do star wars galaxies and uh, all kinds of mmos including every class where they try to take some of the wow formula and inject it into their game mm -hmm. um that's like non-consenting to the fans you know what i mean it's kind of like right. the game you know it's like a a, a very unwanted addition to their game uh, they didn't go to World of Warcraft. They stayed on EverQuest or Star Wars Galaxies because they enjoyed certain aspects. And then they were taken away from them. And they forced the World of Warcraft. Like, well, you, well, then I might as well go play World of Warcraft if, I, you know, um, if, if they're just going to force these into the game that it doesn't even fit in anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was also kind of thinking about, you know, things that you change along the way. I don't know if you, you heard about this or not, but like the Elder Scrolls Online... There've been a few things along the way that they were like, we're never going to do this. Like I remember way back in the day, I was there in the beginning. It was like, we're not going to do certain things. And one Tamriel is an example. One of the things that the devs said they weren't going to do. Uh, <laughs> although those de devs weren't there when they made the changes. So that's, you know, that's another point. But uh, another thing was a very recent change, which is, so there's three fact, you know, three alliances in the war, the Alliance war, which is your PVP element to the game. And for those of you that don't know, essentially the uh, pinnacle of success in the Elder Scrolls Online is becoming the Emperor of Cyrodiil. And in order to do that, there are six keeps around the center, which is on a small island within uh, the Cyrodiil map, which is this massive map that you play PvP on. It has keeps, has all kinds of stuff and things. You can siege down players. You can go kill. You can do, you know, you can go raid a keep and take it over and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But... You've got to take those six keeps around that center point where the Imperial city is at. And when your alliance captures those six, you become the emperor, right? So you've got this pinnacle of success that you can actually like, you know, work towards and everything. Well, one of the big things they said from the very beginning was these three alliances will always be there. You will be locked to it when you start playing you. If you make that choice, you can't go back. And currently 
in in Graymore, they entered the token now for changing your alliance. And so, you know, I'm not really, I haven't gotten a lot of the feedback from more of the diehard community around that and everything, but you know, I, it's kind of an example of when you're talking about a game that's been development, it's like you, is it a choice to monetize? And that's your real incentive at this point in time is more money. Is it really about the players kind of who want to change? Um, and then you go, we'll put that aside. And if you're talking about the game's got these foundational flaws that haven't even been fixed since launch, you know, it's like you're, you're monetizing this, you're doing things that you said you weren't going to do. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. So there's a lot of things going on in these games that we either love that have been around for a while, maybe some AAA studio or no corporation took over the, 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 the little guy. And now it's being run by the big guy. The big guy wants their money. So, you know, I feel like this is the time of the indie devs, man. Right. And we've got a lot of games that are aspiring to do a lot of different things. You have Ashes of Creation with the node system, player agency, and the, all the political structure that's going to go into that and trade. So many layers of that one, right? Got Soggle Lucemia, right? Super focused on this table talk, uh, tabletop, um, kind of like, you know, uh, almost like a D&D sort of vibe going on, right? Where you play in almost a campaign setting, right? You got Valar, right? Which is going to have, from my perspective, very early in the game's development, but a, a very heavy theory crafting system. Right, a lot of risk reward scenarios, like some pretty great lore. Um, another one that's pretty interesting is like Defend the Night, right? Because Defend the Night has this aim uh, to to really, you know, the darkness. The whole goal is you defend the night, or you forever lose the dawn in this game, right? And the night's going to be a very scary thing. The dungeons are going to be ex, ex, you know, expansive. They're going to take time. Like you may not do a dungeon. You might log out part of the way through a dungeon. Maybe come back, you know, the next time you play and continue. Almost, almost their dungeons almost sound like it's almost going to be its own like campaign. Um, still a lot on the books, right? And then what other games are that I can even think about? Uh, okay, you've got a dual universe, if I'm correct. It's that space one we talked about earlier uh, before the show. Um, and I remember seeing the first video for that. It was a simulation of just a ton of characters on a planet all at once. And so at least the initial impression I had was they're trying to have this planet that they can have a lot of players on scaled all around the thing. And, you know, I kind of look at like your planets, like your server, and you're trying to make sure you can have a massive player base all at once, which would be pretty phenomenal. They recently had a video uh, related to their uh, space combat weapons you create or spaceships. You basically craft yourself kind of put together um, but yeah, so like, what do you all think are the games right now? We'll talk about some of them. I got some on the agenda here. They've got some updates of their own, but what do you think are some games specifically that you think really have a chance of shifting the tide of the culture that we have today with the, these games? Yeah. So, uh, probably nobody's going to be surprised when me say this, but Pantheon Rise of Fallen is one I'm really, uh, that I'm really after as an EverQuest fan, um, you know, going through that deep, deep, like, uh, re- nerdy. I mean, just uh, go in as deep as you want to go into uh, the lore, perception, factions, um, and then a slow, mm. methodical strategy-based combat, um, and then 
needing other people, right? So uh, that's one of my favorite things from other MMOs, like Final Fantasy Eleven or EverQuest, was you needed other people. You felt, you could feel that your class could not do everything, or even close, couldn't even do very much by themselves. You were more powerful with the others. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. Now, I really like, though, that you're mentioning um, other games like the the, the uh, Dual, Dual Worlds. Oh, yeah. Um, that does look interesting, uh, and I played that. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, uh, but there's a really cool MMO out right now, and it's called Elite Dangerous. Oh, I've heard and of that. It's, it's pretty freaking cool, man. It's it's the entire Milky Way system on a one to one ratio, uh, which is crazy. And just experiencing that game is insane. Traveling through space, it's a little boring, right? Uh, they need to add a little bit more to the game, but just for uh, space fans, because uh, they've got a new expansion coming soon too. Where you can, uh, from what I understand, you can land on any planet, uh, and actually, you can do that now, but you have to be in like a a, a rover type uh, yeah. thing. They're making mm. it where you can actually get out as a person and, right. and roam around. So uh, that's another one to look out for that's already out right now. That's pretty freaking impressive. Wow. So I played Elite Dangerous back a while back. I played it quite extensively, and it's a I feel like space sims as an MMO are they're an odd beast because obviously a game like Elite Dangerous and I'm guessing Dual Universe will follow the same trend is they want to have as big a world as possible which is great but then that means that unless you've got millions of players the chances of you running into somebody are very very slim and of course that tails back the experience in those sorts of games, the majority of the interesting gameplay is around PvP and like other player interactions. So in the case of Elite Dangerous, most of the action revolves around the major trade routes, because that's mm-hmm. where all the traders are, and that's where all the pirates are and the bounty hunters. That's where everybody congregates on these select trade routes. And then in the uh, the battlefields, if yeah. you're interested in mo- more co-op play. If you're not in those specific areas, the rest of the game is pretty dead. Like yeah. you hardly encounter anybody. Yeah. When, so the game, because it's one to one ratio of the Milky Way, right? Because that's what it is. The game feels very lonely. You you feel the vastness of space when you play that game. Yes. Uh, you just feel like you're you're maybe somewhere nobody's ever been all the time. That's how you feel. And then when you do run into somebody, which if you play enough, you will. It's like really crazy, right? It's like, oh my God, is this guy going to, you know, I've got some good cargo. I was just mining all day. Is he going to rob me? Is he going to blow me up? You know, um, so it, it's a weird thing. And I think it's going to be hard to do a space MMO without that, right? Without that element of I'm all alone in this deep, dark depths of, of space. Point zero three percent I think, of Elite Dangerous has even been seen by the players. Because it's freaking huge. It would take it would take millions of ye- real life years for people to actually experience it all. You know, one to one ratio of the Milky Way. So um, I, that's that's exactly what you pointed out. Why I don't get too hyped on space MMOs because of the loneliness and the either you do it like space or you don't. You do like an arcadey space, and then the, maybe you could tighten it up and there's just a few planets and maybe you get more activity, or you go full blown like uh, Elite Dangerous and you lonely you know i mean i i personally prefer it to be the smaller and then of course you get the added depth it's like um 
just comparing it to uh, Skyrim as an example, Skyrim's got a huge world, absolutely mm. huge. But a lot of people have said that it's a ocean, the depth of a pond. <laughs> It, yeah, um, what, what choice do you uh, have when you develop something that huge, exactly, right? Exactly, and I can totally understand why it's ended up like that. Personally, I prefer it to be smaller. Yeah. And then have greater depth and, yeah, and, and more things in it. Maybe as artificial intelligence continues to evolve, possibly you could make it, you know, using AI, but then that gets into like how how cool is that really? You know what I mean? That an AI built this world? Um, um you basically get into procedural generation, which right. has its own set right. of problems. Right. Yeah, you're kind of talking right. about with World of Warcraft earlier, right? Where they're going to have some well, elements that, of that. Yeah, that's only for a specific dungeon. Yeah, not everything. And which is completely, yeah, if they try to procedurally generate an entire game world, that, I, I would not play that. Just because it, it would be just the same everywhere you looked. Well, how do you guys feel about Microsoft coining that technology where it's this really advanced artificial intelligence for raid bosses? Have you guys looked into that? I looked at it briefly. Um, the thing about that is you can't make the bosses too smart. Right. Because it would be, it'd be pointless. This is actually something that, going back to WoW, is uh, way back in 2005, BlizzCon, Jeff Copland did a, a raid panel where he discussed like, and one of the things he brought up was raid bosses being quote unquote stupid and not attacking the healers. And he straight up said, yes, we could absolutely do that. We could program the boss to immediately attack and kill all the healers. We could get them to do anything we want. We could kill you in the most hilarious ways. But you know what? That's not the point of the game. We don't want, we want you to kill the bosses. Right. Not the other way around. Yeah. So it this this whole thing they'd have to be really careful with um like AI behavior mm. if I agree. they brought in machine learning. Yeah, I agree because to me the fun of a raid is that when you first start, uh, you know, you're probably gonna have to look up a guide and have some kind of idea what's going on before you go in, but you haven't done it yet. So you're experiencing it, you're learning. And you're figuring out when to do what and who needs to do what. And then once you master it, he's so easy then. You know, it goes from being this almost impossible challenge at first to like you can do it, you can you can carry people through it. And that's kind of the fun for raiding to me. Uh so you add an AI where it's always it's chaotic and you never know. I just don't know how fun that is. I'm not sure. You know? <laughs> I gotta read this. So my, my little brother, the Baz, is here in chat and he said <laughs> there would almost have to be an AI score where the easy bosses have a low <laughs> IQ, difficult bosses have a higher IQ. Oh, I'm sorry. It's so ridiculous. There's a question up above from East Growth too, and he said, uh, I've seen a rift in classic WoW players, those who hate old rogue or yeah, those who hate old rogue for their master of CC and combo spam while other classes have no counter. And then those who don't work, or sorry, those who don't want every class to have a heal, CC, utility, etc. What are your guys' thoughts on class abilities? It's a good question because there's a, a follow-up on this related to a game that we're going to talk about too. But yeah, what, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, we have to, I feel in that particular discussion, we have to differentiate PvP and PvE. Good point. Because they True. are different beasts. In pve 
I am perfectly fine with uh, classes being sort of more specialized in what they can do because you're supposed to band together and meet a challenge. In PvP, I'm less sure about that because I always like to have cyclical balance where everybody has the... Like, if, for example, a class has CC, you need to have other classes that can break CC. That yeah. needs to be a thing. Um, and there needs to be a lot more homogeny in PvP than there can be in PvE. Yeah. Yeah, I think class identity is huge. I think each class needs to have an identity so that they're really good at something and really bad at others things that they need other people to make up for. Mm. Uh, because um, rock, paper, scissors kind of philosophy of uh, you got stuff you're even with, stuff you're uh, really good at. And I, Dark Age Camelot was a PvP game that used the rock, paper, scissors kind of philosophy. Um, where depending on your class, you knew uh, exactly what you were really good at killing, and you knew what would kick your butt. So yeah. you could see what would kick your butt, you run, uh, or um, hopefully you have that counter on your team. And it was always this feeling of, oh man, if my, if I'd had this on my team, we could have we could have beat that, or if uh, you know whatever. And so it's like a never ending kind of addiction level of trying to build the perfect team, find the perfect players, and then uh, your personal strategy with how you behave. Uh, but with PVE, um, I, I have to agree, you have to have some kind of identity. If everybody can do everything, then nobody needs anybody. Um, you know, you, and plus it's just kind of dumb, right? It's like, okay, you're a rogue, which means you use this weapon and wear this kind of armor, but you can also got your own self-heal. You've got your own uh, small CC, a stun or whatever. Everybody has it, and, it, and so it just doesn't mean anything, right? So you don't have to pay attention to who's in your party. You don't it's just kind of dumb. It's kind of very bland. It's like neutralizing classes. So why even have them, right? Mm -hmm. So things, some, you know, I mean, there's been discussion with games like Ashes of Creation talking about like there being a, a certain class ability, you know, things like being able to, you know, maybe a ranger can track tracks and you maybe need that for some element in a dungeon to bypass a, a barrier or something or, you know, you've got a mage who can perceive a, an enchanted wall or something like that, right? But but being being so that, you know, multiple classes would potentially be able to use that to actually, you know, access that potential barrier that you need to get through for a raid or dungeon or whatever. Um, there are some interesting points. Like, I, I see where you guys are coming from. And this uh, Defend the Night had a question in their Discord, I think it was yesterday, and it was actually about gender ability kind of the idea behind there being an ability for gender. And I feel like for me, I see that as I would see like a class, like class or race scenario. Um, because if there's like an ability that's like just too power, like really strong to where in order to be really useful or to really have a significant advantage, I've either got to be a male or a female. I've either got to be, uh, uh, Oh, I don't know, a dark elf or a high elf or something, or I've got to be like, uh, uh, only a paladin or a warrior or something, you know, then it, for me, that like takes away from the immersion, uh, which then it starts to feel like it's almost defeating to, you know, but, but if that ability, whether it's, you know, for gender or just definitely a new thing, have really heard of that before. So it was actually a pretty interesting, uh, concept. 
But if if the ability, whether you're talking about for gender or for race or for class uh, or even like a faction that maybe you choose or something, because we've seen that, too, like you have certain skills or abilities that you get from whether passive or active that you get from like unlocking reputation with something or somebody uh, that entity gives you like, hey, you have this this skill tree that you can use Um, or you have like in the Elder Scrolls online, you became the emperor and now you've got these. uh, uh, passive abilities that you can put points into, right? And originally, it was like, you know, here they are. It, it's at like 100% at this number. When you're emperor and when you're not, uh, as a former emperor, you're, you're at like 5% of that of that uh, for each of those that you put into. So as long as these abilities, passives or other active or otherwise, as long as they don't like do so much of the work when it's supplemental, or there's other avenues to, you know, bypass whatever that's going to be useful for, whether it's like a barrier or just a class, like a mechanic in combat, then I'm cool with it. But if it's like so strong that it does so much of the work, you just end up having a lot of one button champs running around like you have in a bunch of games yeah. that I won't name or mention right now because it'll be frustrating. <laughs> a classic WoW rogue. <laughs> actually loved it man i loved i loved classic wow rogue man oh god the mage i wouldn't want to play dirty mage yeah i mean the mage was just sad and and this is also going back to the whole issue of uh class homogeny yeah. and class identity with uh wow classic was odd because the balance in that game obviously it was brand new they haven't worked out the balance and they it was it was at the high end. So if you did raiding, you had from most classes, you had one spec, one build that you could use. And in terms of DPS classes, normally your rotation was like two abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and particularly for casters, it would be like spam your one slash two <laughs> abilities and then you run out of mana super quick and then you just go wand, wand wand <laughs> for the rest of the fight True. <laughs> and it's funny it's funny because um everybody was like well, i can't wait for wild classic back when world of warcraft was hard when it was difficult and then it came out and everybody was like this isn't hard you guys messed it up and it's like no guys it's been a long time you know the game inside and out now you've done so many much more challenging things in mmos now that it's not hard anymore it's mm-hmm. just longer it just takes longer. That's all. It's not harder, and and that really just blew a lot of people's minds when Classic came out. They're like, they didn't do it right. They messed something up. The formula is not the same. They're like, no, guys, it's not a new game anymore. You know, it's it's different yes. for you now. Yeah. I mean the the whole difficulty thing. I don't think that WoW Classic is difficult. It just takes a long time, and you have to completely change your mindset particularly when you're questing and leveling you're if you pull more than one mob at a time you will die right and that's there's no that's kind of harder. outplay potential. it's it's not i wouldn't even say that because there's no outplay potential like your character physically cannot do it right, it's got nothing right. about the skill of the player it doesn't matter who's playing it your character i i saw back when classic well well first launched these world championship players yeah. for WoW, like we're talking mythic raising 1% of the player base and they were dying to two mobs yeah. in classic WoW. 
doesn't matter how good you are at the game, if your character is weak as all hell, then you you just die. I'm plain and simple. Yeah. And actually, uh, that actually reminds me of the, the Ashes discussion, but also just an overall discussion around, uh, I could reference actually the Elder Scrolls Online and their trials or raids. Um, it's actually a point that doesn't just exist in that game, uh, but Ashes of Creation had a dev discussion. They post them somewhat regularly. And in this, uh, the one they actually posted today, if I'm not mistaken, right, Miss? I think it was today, um, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it was like a couple of hours ago. Right, so they, they posed yeah. the question and it said, you know, should open world dungeons scale up in difficulty significantly as you go deeper? For example, like, you know, the further in you go, it's like, you know, 30 to 50, um, you know, and or should the difficulty uh, band of a given dungeon be more narrow from top to bottom? And this kind of reminds me of, well, there's a lot of game, you know, a lot of games that do this. I, I was immediately thinking of, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called the, uh, oh man, it's in the blades. It's actually a mo uh, a mobile game. It's the Elder Scrolls uh, ridiculously uh, overpriced uh, cash shop handheld game that you can play on your phone uh, called Blades. It's really cool. kind of has like uh, uh, that old arena feel from way back in the day. And it's just essentially like a dungeon crawler. Like you gear up your town, you beef it up. And there's like all of that content. And then there's like this like gauntlet element where you go into this um, driving nuts. I'm going to end up pulling the thing out on my phone to freaking get the name but you you basically go deeper and deeper and deeper and there's different levels and the further down you go the harder each level is and it just gets harder and harder and harder and so that's what that reminds me of um but i don't know i think it's interesting when you've got people you know people that are working on new mmos games whatever and as they're doing that they you know actually pose questions uh ashes does this somewhat regularly uh, Defend the Night does it pretty regularly, actually. They're probably, out of all the games I'm following, I'd probably say they they probably are the most frequent in terms of like really posing questions like that with the community. Um, but yeah, you know, I think those are the types of questions that help with this evolution of not just doing the cookie cutter, you know, mentality of let's just kind of reskin something and take something and and kind of like. You know, give it a different flair, give it different spell effects, but basically the same stuff. Um, uh, yeah, but, you know, what are some elements like that that, that would really stand out? You know, because when I look at uh, The Elder Scrolls Online, for example, and you look at difficult content, you the, in that game specifically, the thing that I'm just like, what is... And I feel like it's representative of the culture of the game in general. Like, you've got this very large very casual player base that's the majority and then you've got like this other percentage of the population which is definitely the minority but they're the min maxers they're they're the i'm gonna sit in a trial or pvp and i'm gonna live it i'm gonna breathe it and i'm gonna dominate it and they go in and they could do the trials but to even an average player that gap from like the normal to the veteran difficulty for their raid content in that game is drastic. It is drastic. And uh, I think it should be. Do you guys agree? It's. Do you guys think that's a problem with MMOs, that large gap? Between I think yes. Uh, yeah, I do. How I do you avoid it and keep people satisfied, though? Because you have to mm. continuously get more complex, right? To keep the players interested 
and chasing the dragon or chasing the carrot on the stick. So how do you how do you not make there be such a growing gap mm. and still keep people interested? Is sandbox the only way to do that, or mm. that's so a good in question? Terms of, in terms of difficulty, if we're talking solely about rates, I believe there needs to be a smooth difficulty curve. But the thing about raiding is that more often than not, it's about a mindset more than a physical skill element. If you're doing progression raiding, that is a completely, you need a completely different mindset to doing like casual raiding where you're fully overgeared. And this, right. this is something when I was doing progression raiding in, in WoW and, and raid leading in Mythic Raids, they, we would bring people in who would expect it to be like how it is when they do their more casual raids, where you kill the boss in two or three attempts and then you move on. That's right. not how it is in Mythic Raiding. You can pull a boss hundreds of times mm. before you get it, and you've got to really uh, break down the fight to a minuscule level to get everything precise in order and it's to... Not just to you. It's, it, yeah. It's everybody has to have the is. full understanding 100% which is what makes it addicting because and also causes issues obviously in guilds and yeah. uh, static groups you know lots of drama sometimes because everybody you know is doing their part and one party member just doesn't get maybe one mechanic all the way and so it's holding everybody back and they get all mad um but i always felt like that if mmos just stopped doing the let's get you to the most current as soon as possible if they would just stop doing that, right? Like, stop doing the the casual, I can get gear good enough to start doing the more current uh, raids. Stop that. Mm -hmm. Make them work their way all the way from the first raids, from classic of your game, all the way through. And by the time they get to that point, they'll be more ready for it. Instead of letting them do dailies to get tokens or yes. dragon kill points or DKP, whatever they call it in the game, yeah. so that you can get this crappy gear that's barely enough you even begin and then they don't have the experience they've been doing casual content to get that gear make them go with the classic and work their way through all the raids just like a player would have naturally of course they would have had to wait longer because they had to wait for the expansion or whatever but still they would they would they would catch that curve of difficulty and i think that's a problem they're rushing people to get to that point and they're not ready it's like taking a kindergartner uh, and saying, do kindergarten for 12 years. Now go to college. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> yep. And there's a big difference between character strength and player strength. They're too, mm. Just because your character can do the content doesn't mean you as the content. It's that kid that's like, oh my God, I saw... Uh, the badass eighty six oh two on on the YouTube man. He was playing his 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 warlock and dude, he was just blowing it up. Clearly, if I just get a warlock, I'm gonna blow it up too. You're like, yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm just not playing the right class. Clearly, that's the issue. It's not the fact that I haven't actually looked at any of my abilities to learn what they do. No, it's clearly I'm just playing the wrong class. This is the one button. <laughs> Oh jeez. It's a it's a good point though, man, because you know, you, you asked the question like where do you where do you draw the line and you balance it? Because like for okay, so in the Elder Scrolls, 
uh, I think that some of those trials are tuned like so ridiculously high. And then you've got games on the other end of the spectrum. Now, you know, normal, normal, uh, sorry, normal trials, not so much, but some of those like newest, you know, behind the, the newest content with the newest gear and all that, that stuff, man, it is tuned up hard. And when you look at, wow, you have the opposite problem. I feel like where you have almost too many difficulty levels and you literally could go run around, level your character up. And get just, I mean, I think at Legion, if I'm not mistaken, I think on my second character, I just like basically, I knew what to do to get gear at that point. And so I just went for all the gear and, and just geared myself out as I leveled up. I knew where to go, what to get. I completely bypassed normal dungeons. I had to yeah. go into heroic because it was irrelevant to me. And raiding, like there's what, raid finder, normal, heroic, mythic. I mean... I don't, I like the days and I felt like it was a good snapshot from, at least for me, this is just my opinion on this. Maybe it's just my own like uh, preference for rating and stuff like that. But you would literally get normal and yet heroic and back at a certain snapshot in time for, for uh, world of Warcraft. And, you know, you would gear up, you would go into the normal dungeons. You would, you would need to gear up in normal dungeons and you need to do it enough Right. And there were lockouts for some of these things. So you had to kind of wait. So it it kind of made it to where you had to ease into it. Right. Then you couldn't just eliminate the content too quickly either. Um, you know, you had more incentive to continue doing it. And and as you went in, you would, you know, gear your character up. You know, it encouraged uh, interaction between players. They wanted to share because they all wanted to gear. You know, uh, then you get geared up. You do heroic. You get geared up in there. Then you go and you start doing the normal like you know rating and then you get geared up in there and sometimes you might go in and you get two bosses down that week and then you got like you know gotta gotta gear up a little bit then you slowly progressively get another boss and another boss and another boss and then you go okay we we think we're ready then we go and we go for the the heroic version and then slowly but surely you chip away at it to i think that was pretty well balanced and it's Maybe it's just my perspective. Maybe in my mind, it just works that way. I could be wrong. Um, but I think that was a pretty nice, uh, I felt like that was good. I felt like it had a good momentum. Uh, I felt rewarded for my time. I felt like I had uh, uh, more incentive to keep coming back. I felt like we had, as a, a community, uh, a lot of reason to like keep pushing forward. And each time we got a boss down or each time someone got a little more gear, it felt good for the community. Like I felt like we were doing this and something about the way things tend to be now, it seems more focused on the individual just being able to, to kind of do it on their own, whether you're talking like out in the world. And of course this leads into a whole different conversation. Where's the balance of solo content and group content and an MMO. But I don't know, man. Like, what is the what is the 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 right balance? I think you know. I would pose that question to anybody viewing this or listening this, or even you all in chat. Like, what's been the good experience that you felt like this was the sweet spot? This is where it all felt just the right balance of like difficulty and rewarding. You know. Yeah, I think uh, for solo versus uh, party based, you know, group play. Uh, of course, I, 
I'm very biased. I'll go. I want to get that out front. I'm, yeah. I'm from the group social experience in MMO, yeah. but I did. I also like to solo sometimes, right? Like there are times where you just had a rough day at work. You don't want to. You don't want to get on Discord. You don't want to. You don't want to do nothing. You just want to kill some stuff in your favorite game all by yourself and just chill. You know those those times happen. Uh, so not to say I never like to solo, but I always thought the sweet spot for me was uh, games like EverQuest or uh, actually if you compare these two games, so you have EverQuest where you can solo, right? You just you fight lower level mobs, you know, more your level or a little bit below. And, uh, depending on what class you were, what you can handle. And um, you get way less experience, obviously. It takes a lot longer. You can get way more experience in a group. But if you don't want to do a group, that's fine. You can find you a little spot away from everybody and just solo. And some days that's what a human needs to do. Uh, a game that I felt like took the solo way to try to get rid of it entirely, but I still love the game, was Final Fantasy XI back then in classic uh, Final Fantasy XI you couldn't solo it just forget it it was worthless it wasn't worth your time uh, it was so bad so well, that game was punishing as well and, oh, yeah you had to get a group you would rather sit there and do nothing but spam looking for a group for six hours sometimes than even try to go solo uh, mm -hmm. so that was too extreme I think EverQuest got it right you could it just was nowhere near the amount of uh, mm. you're not going to get drops or anything. You know, like you're going to have to solo uh, or you're going to have to party sometime if you want a, a meaningful experience. Mm. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14 the past couple of weeks and oh boy, that game takes group content and just it forces it on you far too yeah. much, particularly yeah. during the leveling. I... I'm a firm believer that you should be able to level up to max level completely solo if you want to. Um, I mean, I can only speak for myself personally, but I I was playing a DPS class and quite often at off-peak times, and they put mandatory dungeons, group dungeons, in this mandatory quest line that you have to do, and I would be stuck in a queue from anywhere from 15 minutes up to an hour just sat there waiting in a queue and it's kind of like why am i doing this this yeah. this is so pointless and it's so unnecessary it's pretty I harsh it, now, it is harsh one thing is getting rid of that very soon they're, they're they have yet. said that they haven't yet yeah but, for now yeah. you're right and it's rough yeah uh, because it's not like it's not like a normal mmo where you're like oh well i'll do some quests while i wait i mean you could but it's worthless you have to get through that storyline in that yes. game so you literally are just waiting. I mean, there's you, that's it. Just waiting for the queue to pop because you can't do much else until you at least beat that dungeon one time. Right. Yeah. And they have the daily. You know, like only in, and the only way that you really, the only thing that really benefits like a person like yourself who's who's like leveling up right now and is waiting in queue is the daily roulette feature, which is basically incentivizes the the people that might potentially be at that in-game level having already done it, it incentivizes them because they get that, you know, almost like a daily dungeon reward to go in and do it. Um, but, you know, the majority of people that that will queue for that, it's like usually, from my experience, at least on the server I was on, it was like when that thing's up, they're all in. But if you get, you know, if it's like, let's say it was 6 a.m., which is not the time, but, you know, don't ask mm -hmm. me the time. It's been a minute. 
Let's say, let's be more realistic. I just got to retract that. 10 a.m. I don't need, not even I'm like 6 a.m. is a good idea. All right, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. is like when it resets every day, <laughs> right? All the people, like the majority of people that have the time, right? The people that really are dedicated, those are the people that are there when things reset. So 10 a.m., a lot of the people that are the diehards, they're in and they're out of there. And then if you come on at like 10 p.m., you know, trying to trying to get in and do it, you might be waiting a while. Yeah, so the best times are right when it resets yeah. and right mm -hmm. before because you get the diehards at the beginning and mm -hmm. you get all the slackers at the end. So yes. the in-between, yeah. long, especially DPS, you are just a tank, bam, 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 go, 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 go. Oh, yeah, uh, tank and healer, obviously. Uh, but DPS, yeah, you're waiting. It's going to be a while. I'd like to make a public service announcement real quick to all MMORPG gamers. Um, <laughs> tanks are wanted. They are needed. Right? You know, I, I got to tell a funny story about that. Okay. So, uh, EverQuest 2, I think that was last year, they released a, a new TLP server, you know, where it's going to be like the classic days you can work your way through. I'm kind of a fan of that game. I like that game that launched. So I was like, cool. So I released a video and was like, hey, anybody wants to join me, I'm going to play this game. I expected maybe 50 people might come and, and we'd get in the guild together and we'd play. No, hundreds and hundreds of people just poured in on day one, right? So we had this massive community right from the beginning and uh, everybody was a tank, dude. Everybody was a tank. And I was like, dude, we need some DPS and some healers and something else. So, uh, I, I and then I, as I was talking to people, I realized that a lot of old school MMO players have already done the DPS, they've done the healing, they've done the crowd control, and they like leading now. Like so many people, especially the old schoolers, have, re have led guilds, they've led uh, raids, etc. that they want to go for that tank role because they're a natural leader. And there's so many of them now that some of these games, like Pantheon, uh, Saga of Leucemia, uh, some of these games are going for that old school kind of group social experience. I think they're going to have a little trouble. I think the DPS might be the minority in, in some of these games just because of the the type of player that's going to be playing those has so much history in, in playing MMOs. It's actually an interesting point. I, I actually do recognize that culture a bit too. Um, I'm not going to say which, but it's it's a game. It's in development. I played a test and, you know, out of respect for the fact it's NDA. But my point is, is I got in there and I was doing it and it definitely is a game that has an appeal to a lot of the older school players. And I remember in the beginning when more people kind of were able to test, there was a lot of tanks, yeah. a lot of tanks. I actually re-rolled and went um, another class that was kind of more of a range class. It was something I don't normally play and I actually ended up liking. I was like, ah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I never experienced anything like that. The The only thing that really came close was when Wrath of the Lich King WoW first launched. And of course, the DK was brand new and the DK was a tank. So everybody rolled a DK and they were all tanking. It, it was so stupid. It got to the point where you could not find a healer. Tank and DPS, you could find. You could not find a healer. And for those like... Um, <laughs> Like the level sixty to seventy dungeons, people would just run five DKs. Yeah, like, they would just run those without a healer, and and just self heal the whole way through. And that was yes, uh, yes, Doctor Greenspeech. I said DK yes. 
Level 59 of BG's good memories. Dude, oh, I don't so need a... Broken. Yo, I don't need a healer. <laughs> I don't need a healer. I heal myself. What are you, blood? No, man, I'm not blood. I'll be any three and I can heal myself, man. Because that was... DKs were yeah. busted. I could do it. All is frost, unholy, blood, man. Yeah. Oh, that was and a they, beautiful thing. They were. I, so I wrong. really missed the DK at launch. <laughs> yeah. Remember when DK was the only class that had three tanking specs? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. Which was awesome. I was like, I was a Frost DK tank. I loved it. I was, that yeah. was my jam. I, was, I have to talk about the Frost DK tank. You guys are playing more WoW than me. How yeah. come? I went back to play WoW. I was, you know, bored. I was going to play some WoW, get caught up, get, get to level in case Shadowlands is awesome. Slight chance it will be, but just in case. So I made a Frost DK, right? Yeah. I played one before. Dual wielding. The Lich King doesn't dual wield. What? Why does the Frost? Right? What, what is happening? I was so pissed. I was like, dual wielding on the Frost DK, and I was like, but the Lich King is a two hander. What was? What? Why did they do that? Dude, answer to that. I would love to know if anybody from Blizzard can answer this question. Please tell me why. I didn't want that either. <laughs> Crazy. Come on. They're bringing it back. They're bringing back the two-hander for uh, Shadowlands for Frost DK. So, yeah. it's Frostmorn. Just saying. <laughs> you know that that big sword that you like have two hands on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two. That thing. That's what we thought we were getting when we rolled. They're like, Frost. we did. You took it and you got two. It's like stop. <laughs> Unless you go like the what was that uh, warrior skill? Uh, like the passive skill where you could dual wield two-handed weapons. I have a two-hander in, in each what hand. Was that? What was that? Wait, warrior? That, that, oh, yeah. Fury, Fury warrior? warrior? That's yeah. my baby, boy. Yeah, my orc with his two two two-handers. Titan's grip, yes. Raffle stomp. You, Alexa. Yes. Raffle stomp. I think they should have made him, when you were that class, he grows another set of arms. <laughs> Goro. And <laughs> oh really? Tell me about your character. What's his name? Goro. <laughs> By the way, since this is a geek culture show too, has anybody gone back and watched that Mortal Kombat movie since it came out? Oh God! Oh, it's oh, no. so bad, dude. It was so I, bad. I was like, I oh my God! So cool dude. I was like, this is the best movie ever. And like, yeah, I watched it like, ah, ooh, ow, oh, this is bad. Oh so, my God! All I gotta say is Goro. He's like, Rah! like <laughs> every time you see him, I'm just like, oh my God, dude! Can you stop for like five minutes? <laughs> So, Sim, here's a question for you. What up? Out of the like <laughs> the movie adaptations of games, which one do you think was the worst out of Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter? Uh, Ooh. What was it? Oh, yeah. And um, oh, what Mario was the Bros. other one? Shoot. What's the other fighter game? Uh, oh, uh, not, not Double Dragon, right? No, 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 no. no. Uh, what Shoot, what was it? Not Tomb Raider. <laughs> oh, good lord! Wasn't... Oh, Doom. No well, way. Doom was that. Ah, Doom was fun. <laughs> yeah. The Dragon Ball movie. Oh yes. Ugh. Classic. Classic. I, I don't know what the third was, but I can tell you how the two of those. I'm definitely going Mortal Kombat. Yeah. 
Street Fighter was... And, oh, dude, what really killed me about the Street Fighter movie was that there was a terrible movie made. It was totally agreed across the board it was a terrible movie. Then they made a game of a movie! Why did they do that? Why? Did nobody at Capcom be like, this is a terrible idea. People hate the movie. Why would we take a game, a movie based on a game, and then take the movie based on a game and make a game out of that, and everybody hates the movie? That makes no sense. I found it. It was Tekken. Oh, they made Tekken. a movie. They made a movie of Tekken. Oh, it was, it was the only good part about that Tekken movie was seeing uh, Yoshimitsui, or whatever he's called, and just seeing him fighting. That was the only thing that they did right. The rest of it was shit. <laughs> it was. So um, was it, it was an English movie or not? <laughs> I don't know who made it, but yeah, Yoshimitsu. Sorry, yeah, the Baz. Yeah, uh, oh that God, was dude. so. Yeah, we, so we've got Tekken Street Fighter and, <laughs> and Mortal Kombat. Which one of those three movies Man. would you say is the worst? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. You think it's the worst? Maybe it's just fresher. I don't know. Could be that it's just fresher. Street Fighter's pretty bad. Mortal Kombat was saying okay. Also, Chris in in chat, I saw your comment earlier. What's your favorite thing to do? Kill Seymour in game. A has to happen first. And B, get at me, boo. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. At least this music. Yep. So uh yeah, so Valar, I want to talk about this one, right? So we talked about the Ash of the Creation discussion around level uh dungeon scaling. We talked about Saga a little bit, their 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 kind of approach with the tabletop uh kind of element. Speaking of games, I all right, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna pause. 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 I'm gonna pause this, and then I'm gonna come back to it. But uh, so Valar, it, they did a play test. I think last time we were here, we talked about that. They had done one recently, um, and uh, Dr. Greenspoon, who is here, also posted um, a news update for that, talking about the uh, the celestial um, the the celestial path update ability bonuses, um, and so they have an upcoming play test again to people who backed it on their website 626 so it looks like now they're actually getting into a mo- momentum of doing a test of a month i think um i believe a weekend test every month which is cool considering how early the game's development uh pretty cool and yeah the celestial the celestial path uh post looks pretty interesting uh a lot of modifying abilities i'm not even going to get into it but you should check it out and you can check it out by checking the link right here i know i'm a pro not really, but definitely check it out. I've been I've been checking it out about every time they have an opportunity for a play test currently, which is great because you get to go jump in. You don't have to stay a whole long time. You can grind it out. I usually don't grind out games early in development because, uh, you know, you'll just be doing it again um, unless it's something brand new that I want to like figure out. But it's really cool to go jump in there and actually check out what changed. Um, there were actually a pretty significant number of changes the last time i jumped in on that one so just want to hats off to y'all over there good job y'all dr greenspoon that was pretty pretty impressive we're talking like a month and a half from the previous test and you're thinking it's only a couple guys in there by the way couple programmers just saying it's pretty impressive um so definitely worth definitely another game to have on the radar zero grinding look at he's trying to entice me to come back and play this coming he said some more like zero grinding, zero grinding this test. You start max skill level, so it's all about theory crafting with the celestial path and some PvP PVE. 
All right, homie. <laughs> you know what I like. And you you've, know, you've caught him. You know what you've I like. <laughs> okay, tasty. I'm in. I'm in. Awesome. <laughs> Um, Sim, I wanted to ask you about the Valar test. I know when I played it, there were some issues regarding trying to get the hitboxes on the targeted abilities. Do you know if that? Um, and oh. also, Dr. Greenspoon. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah about those, you will fire them off and they wouldn't actually hit anything, despite um, you being right in front of the mob. Yeah, I didn't have that problem. But then again, I was playing a melee build character. So, hmm. but Tab Tardy wasn't working. But this was all stuff that, you know, was pretty cool. The thing about games like this, though, is it's so early in development that you got to give it a minute. Like, they're still in oh, pre-alpha, yeah. you know? But so That was just like one thing that kind of shot out to me Yeah, I, back when I said I actually, I, I couldn't tab target last time, and I was like, aw. <laughs> oh man. You've actually got to use skill. I had to, I had to click on him. I was like, oh man, I'm too lazy for this. Listen, you entitled gamer. <laughs> So, uh, Where's my overpowered gear so I can one-shot everything? Right. Uh, so I want to talk about a game that's in Kickstarter currently. And uh, Kickstarter games is a sensitive subject. You know, we talk yeah. about MMOs a lot here. But this one's an RPG. It's called Corvin Path of Redemption. It's literally been on Kickstarter like two days. And I just got to give a big shout out for them. I don't have their Discord Discord on hand. If you if you want it, holler at me. Uh, definitely should check out their uh, their Twitter and everything. Um, essentially, um, the guy who made the Ultima games has pretty much endorsed it. Or British is gonna. He's got a character that's gonna be in it, and it's it's got a lot of the old Ultima vibes. But man, the thing that was just a big Shout out to them. It's it's a single player RPG game, right? It, it's got its own own space. I'm like really been enjoying solo RPG games lately for some reason. It's just been great. We talked about Eternal Edge last time, Jadonia before that, I think too. Um, and yeah, thank you, Lexer, so much for linking that in chat and the Kickstarter. There it is. They've only been on a few days on Kickstarter, so they got about the rest of the month and then some stuff. I think it's like July, ooh, oh, 9th. I believe is when it ends. I could be wrong. Right. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Here's the big thing. That's really cool. They've already got a demo. You can just go download it and try it out to get a feel for what they're going for. Not too, not too bad. It was actually a fun time. Now that's how you do a Kickstarter, right? Yes. Have, a, have something already to say. We're not full of crap. We actually have something here, see if it's for you, and if you do, hey, give some money, help us develop it, you know? Um, that's how you do a Kickstarter. Um, this day and age, uh, and not look like you're just cash grabbing. Yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, I had to do this, uh, I'd smack. That was, that was for you, D-Bads, that's my little brother. I just want you to imagine. Love, <laughs> love you, bro. It's my real life little brother, in case you didn't know, but here's, here's the thing. I totally agree with you, dude. Here's why I'm like, just respect because in an age where you've got Kickstarter games that have royally screwed over the player base. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry. I'm going to say it. Chronicles of Illyria dirty. dirty. You knew the evidence supports so much more that you knew what you were doing and had you that last like funding campaign didn't need to happen. You had the indicators already. So you were willing to take money from people knowing they'd never get something 
that's filthy dirty right yeah. so in a period of time where games like that happen like oath is another one i backed it we don't know what's going on with it right communication died we have no idea could be a game might not even happen here's the thing in a period of time where there's like a bad rap for kickstarted games when clearly there are other games that are doing great we talked about some before that already have launched that were great kickstarter games but in a period like now where there's already this stigma attached to a kickstarter game what a good show of just character to say you know what <clears throat> let's give you let's give you something you can at least check out let you get the vibes we've worked on something already we want to expand it here it is if you want to invest and support us try it out let us know what you think in fact they actually make points which i also liked on their kickstarter saying you can come give us direct feedback we want you to try it we want your feedback tell us what you think and if you want to support us here you go that's the way you do it yeah i agree and that should be the it won't be but it should be <laughs> the example of how to move forward in this space because we were talking earlier about the wow clone wars yeah, um, I would right. argue there was a period of time right after that where it became the mixing and matching wars where they were just like, oh, I like the Dark Age Camelot EVP, so let me slap it in Elder Scrolls Online. True. The the, uh, the events, the rifts, or uh, whatever from Warhammer. Let me slap that in here. It was mixing and matching features. Um, and now we're entering a new age, which is, in my opinion, in the MMOs. And we'll look back at this and who knows how we'll look back at it, right? But we're going to look back at this and either say that was a cool period for MMOs or that was garbage. And companies, uh, don't remember their name, but the people, the developer, uh, the dude behind uh, Chronicles of Deliria should be ashamed of himself. Absolutely. Uh, we can have opinions here. Ain't none of us getting paid to do this. We're just a bunch of guys hanging out, talking about stuff we like. Yep. We can say whatever the hell we want, right? So opinions are the devil on the internet. <laughs> Wait, are you are you talk are you coming from that there Reddit? <laughs> speaking speaking of which, uh Oh gosh Don just had to give your opinion, didn't you? Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's a good point though. You know, a lot of people from Chronicles of Illyria was a member in my community and she was like I mean, she's made content around it. She was super excited about it. I mean, she loves her horses. She's a, she, you know, and it is a game where she could like, you know, I mean, every element of an MMO, horses, like uh, land ownership, all these different things that, you know, were, were going to be elements of the game were like totally her domain. She loved yeah, it. Role yeah. Role she, she, yes. And when this happened, like I knew it bummed her out, man. Like I knew oh, yeah. that was a big blow. Right. But all these people now, like Ian was saying, they're they're going to other places. Uh, Ashes of Creation Discord saw a massive influx of Chronicles of Illyria people after that happened. It was pretty noticeable. Yeah, yeah, lots of people came in, and oh, I yeah, I feel so sorry for the people back that game. I'm not gonna judge too much because I don't know all the details on what happened and when oh. and how and all of that, but. I, I just, I mean, anything like that, when you put money down on a Kickstarter project like that and it just flops, then Dude, yeah, it feels bad. Homie at the top yeah. was paying himself over 200 and some thousand a year. So some some people have gone and like dug up the dirt. It's pretty, it's pretty dirty. 
and they yeah. didn't even they didn't they weren't it's not like they tried to know they were developing a game dude they weren't even developing a game they threw together some bull crap that like me us three and i don't even know if you guys have any developing i'm assuming you don't and us three could have slapped this together in a higher quality in three days than what they slapped together as a demo after years let me put it this way if you do decide to look up what happened chronicles of Illyria, yeah. play some heavy metal music and have a keyboard ready to play <laughs> I feel like I owe it to the world to just have that once in my life. I just need to do that. I just need to turn on some like just death metal and just some get a problem. keyboard I don't care about and just completely like, you know. That's a good video. That's good content right there. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> The, the best non-content ever. Get banned for self-harm. I was just taking a keyboard to my face. It's okay. It was flimsy, you guys. It was a prop. <laughs> oh my goodness. And the beginning of the end. So I, I just want to go back to what, Nathan, what you were saying before about there being that period where people were taking elements from one game and trying to put them into the other. Um, I feel like uh, Guild Wars Two did this with their with their raids. It's, Guild Wars Two is very odd in that they decided to go without a Holy Trinity system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, because they wanted like everyone to be self sufficient. Everyone has dodge mm -hmm. rolls. Everyone has self heals, etc. And then people got to end game and were like, "Where's the end game PvP PVE guys? We need something. We need some end game content here." And I feel like the devs panicked a little bit and they looked over at WoW. It's like, they have raids. Yeah, we're, we're going to take those raids and we're going to plonk them in our game. And, and we're going to ham fist in a Holy Trinity system, even though the game was never designed for it. And we're just going to put it all in. And there we go. The player base will be happy. Yeah. Um... Guess, guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, it, it, it was better than what, because, uh, you know, original vanilla Guild Wars 2, I was one of those people, I got to end game. I didn't rush. I had fun. You know, me and my wife played together. We got a cool guild. We got to max level. And But the whole time, what made it so bad is I was just assuming there was an end game, right? I just assumed there was. Mm. And uh, so the whole time we were playing, I kept telling my wife, like, you're going to love raiding. It's going to be so much fun, so much teamwork. And it's so awesome. We got a guild of people, so it's going to be fun. The whole time we're leveling, and then we get to end game, and the guild was like, hey, we're going to take you, and I don't remember, it's to get achievements, I think. Uh, this was years ago. And they were like, we're going to take you. And so I thought we were going to go do some raids or something cool, you know? And then we were like, in a big group of people, like, zerging through doing dumb stuff, like jumping in water in your underwear uh, for an achievement, like, and I, I just logged out, and I never played it again. I was like, I cannot believe it. I'm embarrassed that I wasted my time for this. This is not an MMO, you know? Embarrassed. Yeah, it's, it's sad. I mean, the, the raising in Guild Wars Two, when when they put it in, like I say, they kind of ham fisted this thing in, and I feel like if they had stopped and thought about it a little bit, they could have done something amazing using their combat system that they'd already implemented. Right. Instead of saying, "Oh, we need tanks now." Okay. Well, how are we going to do that? I know. Let's just say that whoever has the most armor and the most health tanks the boss. And that's it. <laughs> so you end up with a shaman tanking, just saying. 
I mean, you got a Mesmer. The the best tank in Guild Wars 2 is a Mesmer, a cloth wearing class. I mean, you've got a like one of the other classes is called a Guardian. Full plate mail Guardian, and they aren't the tank. The Mesmer, the cloth wearing class is the tank. It's Oh my god! Yeah, it's that's a... not good. That's not good. Class now, identity. Now, <laughs> when, now players figure out some crazy stuff, right? Like an EverQuest yeah. monks could tank, right? And that wasn't by design. They just figured out, you know, bang death, etc., and they could do it. Were Final Fantasy Eleven, where they actually made the ninja to be a DPS support class, oh, yeah. but the players found mechanics. Man, it's the best tank in the game, or at least last I knew it was. Um, so that I can kind of be like, oh, that's cool. The players found a way. The developers didn't try to like put the, the brakes on it and try to change everything. They're just like, oh, well, they're having fun. Let them, whatever. It's not what we thought they would do, but whatever. As opposed to you designed a game from the ground up. And by the way, uh, I hate non-Trinity uh, games. Actually, I think it should be a quad-Trinity and, and have support in there too. But uh, the Guild Wars pioneered that. As far as I'm concerned, they were the yes. first one to be like, we're getting rid of the Trinity. You don't have to worry. Just group up with other people. It doesn't matter what the class is. You can play and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, at, at that time, I was like, that might be cool. Let's see what that's like. But then to turn it around and do a, a, a total 180, eh, that's, you know, you're, once again, you're just saying you're forcing content that maybe the players didn't ask for or gameplay they didn't ask for or sign up for. Or at least they did, but not in that way. And like I said, it just doesn't work. I actually wish they had gone back to their roots with Guild Wars 1. Yeah. And do what they did. Because that game, that was fantastic in terms of group play. Because, yeah. again, they got rid of the Holy Trinity. They said, we're going to do something completely different. They got rid of threat entirely. And they used a priority system instead. So the mobs would focus on... Um, uh, they'd focus based on priorities of who had the lowest armor, who had the lowest health, and who was in the best location, and mobs would focus on that. So it was a completely different dynamic to how it was how it was in pretty much every other online multiplayer game that used the Holy Trinity system. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, talking about Guild Wars 1 in chat, the only reason I never played that game, well, there's two actually. One, I didn't even know it existed until it was like at the end of the game's like lifeline i think and the other thing was even and then i was like okay so i remember somebody i knew at the time was like hey you know here's the game check it out i actually jumped in tried it out and i left the city and i was like what the hell are all the people and they were like yeah you don't have that yeah you don't have that out here and i was like wait what yeah i was like oh man it looked pretty cool well i guess i'm not gonna do this and then guild wars 2 i tried guild wars 2 so because obviously reasons you could you could run around and see a bunch of people and I was like, yo, I'm not alone out here. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so totally two different games though. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even as somebody who hadn't played the first one much, I was yeah, it was like a pretty big difference. Yeah. I mean, it was great for a time. I kind of wish they that more uh developers kind of took the Guild Wars system and, and <clears throat> like improved it, but nobody has since. So yeah, it is has come close but nothing compared so it's kind of kind of sucks neopets days oh ripped neopets actually is that game still going 
That's still, still thriving. Yes, yeah, thriving actually. You just got to Is it? Oh my goodness. Expansion pack. Um, no, I'm just joking. I have no idea. I was like, <laughs> dude, well, I don't even know what that is. And I'm okay. It doesn't sound like I want to know, but maybe I should know only on maybe Thursdays. Because it is technically an MMO. You know what else is technically an MMO? And that's Temtem, which is basically a Pokemon clone, but done better. Uh, no. Don't know how they got away with that, by the way. The theme music is almost identical to the Pokemon theme. We're talking about Nintendo. <laughs> that, you know, I can't even post a video reviewing their game without a copyright strike. But yet, there's a whole game making money, literally copying the crap out of. How did they get away with it? But doing it better. Uh, yeah. But then again, Pokemon is a is again a a very unusual game in that they have a huge problem with scope creep that I don't think any other game has come since. I mean, you're thinking about... They started off with 151 different Pokemon. Now they're up to over 800 different mm -hmm. Pokemon that they are trying to um, animate for and balance around. It's a complete, absolute nightmare. Yeah, and they got to keep them... Which recently, Sword and Shield, they kind of did it. But up until... Well, they yeah, had, they got rid of it. They had to keep <laughs> all the old ones. It's like, how long can you do this? Well, they couldn't. It's literally it's impossible. impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's a complete nightmare. I mean, I was watching, for anyone in the chat who is interested in sort of that thing, there is a wonderful YouTube channel called, uh, where is it? New Game, New Frame, New Frame Plus. I'll put it in the chat. New Frame Plus that basically goes into detail and analyzes anim uh, animations from various video games. And about a year ago, they did one for, uh, Pokemon addressing kind of how the animations have evolved and what the Pokemon company needed to do in order to get to where they are now. Absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic video. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, and while we're thing. on that subject, there's something I've never discussed with anybody before. But if mm -hmm. we take a company like Nintendo, right, who, in my opinion, they make some really cool games. Absolutely. Right? Like they they almost yes. never bomb. I, I can't even think of a time that they actually released something that was total crap. It might have not been what we expected or wanted, but if you played it, it was still a good game. Um, so what's interesting about Nintendo is they have stayed behind the curve on online connectivity. Yes. Anything you can think of online, Nintendo's so far in the past, right? And that's weird because we live in a total online world, but they're still somehow surviving without going into that element very much. A they dip in it, but it's not, they're not there. They're like 10 years behind us. But what if Nintendo announced they were making an MMO? Oh my God. Like, <laughs> that would, that would Wait, which reconsider everything. I'd be like, wait a minute. And, and let's say they say this, because if they said we're making a Zelda MMO, I might be like, eh. We're making. What, Zelda. what do you mean? I want that's a single player game. But if they it's say fair. we're making a brand new franchise, you know, brand new IP, it's you know completely made by us. We're not outsourcing it or anything. That would gather the world's attention. They might be one of the few companies, in my opinion, that could just say we're making an MMO. Yeah. And everybody would be like, whoa, true. Whoa, 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 whoa. Especially I, mm -hmm. if they really did it right, and they're like, it's coming to PC, right? Uh, and it's not just a Switch game or whatever. We're actually releasing a real MMO. It's going to be available on the Switch, on the PC, etc. That would be insane. It might be one of the few companies that could uh, 
be the wow killer right <laughs> dude honestly <laughs> i i totally agree like if some if, if nintendo announced hey we have a mmorpg coming out i'd be like oh my god what yeah that would that would like flip the world upside down for me i would be like what are they going to do is this like a real mmo are they full of crap they don't know what that means maybe you know <laughs> uh zelda <laughs> fans they're dipping their toe into it a little bit. I mean, you've got things like obviously the latest Pokemon game. You've got sort. You've got the open world section, the wild section, yeah, which is cool. Multiplayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't work very well, but it, it's there. And yeah. then you've got Animal Crossing, which again has multiplayer functionality where you can meet with other people. Yeah, go MMO though. I gotta, I gotta I read do, this. I don't know. Uh, go, so, go for it. Yeah, so Cheryl was saying that uh, Zelda MMO would run into some of the same issues as ESO. Uh, the balance of people who are heavily into the lore and story would want so badly to PvE solo just for the story versus the more traditional MMO people who would be... Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I only... That was just like... I think that was just... Nathan, I think I want to say that was my initial reaction to someone in opposition of anything Zelda. So I, I think... My daughter's name is Nami. Oh, oh hell yeah. So, Dude. Favorite, homie. But... Breath of the Wild 2? Yeah. Oh. oh. yeah. Oh, Dude, that's yeah. looking so good. I saw that and I was like, oh man, baby. I was like nerding so hard. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, I just yeah, need a moment. I, I almost had a heart attack just seeing the title that they were announcing Breath of the Wild 2 before I even seen anything. I was just like, oh, what? I'm not ready for this. This can't be true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... Yeah. I legit my inner. Oh my god, you guys! I gotta, I gotta see this. Yeah, <laughs> I nerded really, really hard. Uh, <laughs> not on stream. I don't think the internet could handle that. Honestly, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, uh, you know, I have seen Nintendo making some more progressive moves because they kind of, you know, what PlayStation, Xbox had their passes, like get the Xbox Gold or. PlayStation was it? I forget Live or something like that. Whatever. I, Xbox Live, PlayStation Plus, I think it was. And then you've got Nintendo's. And I was like looking the other day, and they've actually got some sort of a subscription model. And I'm not yeah. exactly sure how that works, but I remember. Uh, so here's how it works: it's really very cheap. I think it's like five. I think you pay twenty bucks to get a whole year, so it's super Dang. cheap. It's missing a lot of features you would expect, but for that small price, uh, I think it's acceptable. You have to get an app and use your phone for voice chat, right? So, uh, weird. But it does come with a uh, an ever-growing library of Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. There's rumors that uh, Nintendo 64 games are next. So you have this library of old-school games you can play with multiplayer online now, etc. Um, and you can play, uh, like, Smash Brothers online, um, stuff like that with your friends. And that's, that's pretty much it. It's definitely, we're talking... If an online service would have been on the PS2, that's about what you might have expected it to be. Yeah. It's way behind the times. But it's cheap, so... It's cheap, but, I mean, who... Uh, like... Uh, I hope I'm saying your name like Wordling Prime has said. They they just... They're terrible with netcode. Absolutely terrible. And you see it. One of the reasons why... Because I've got a Switch... And one of the reasons why I haven't got Super Smash Bros. on it is because I would want to play that online. And from what I've heard, the online experience for that game is terrible. We're, we're talking frame drops, desyncing. It's basically like Elder Scrolls Online right now in terms of <laughs> responsive. 
That, Sorry. That's sort of the same kind of um, gameplay you're looking at there. Yeah. Which for a fighting game, no. No. Absolutely. You need that. You need it to be responsive. Bam, 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 bam. If it's not, then it just, it's a rubbish experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Doing it immediately. Yeah. So when Miss said like it's like Elder Scrolls, it's not that I'm taking a jab at the Elder Scrolls online. I actually like the game. I like the Elder Scrolls in general. And antiquities are actually really fun. I've been enjoying it a lot. The story and everything for the new expansion is great. But it's nice to know I'm not alone in this idea of a sense of suffering. Uh, I think that's probably when people say you should get outside more, right? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, it's the coronavirus apocalypse. We can't do that. We gotta, can't do that. So, <laughs> hey, you know what, though? It's been an absolutely fantastic show, but unfortunately, all good things come to an end until next week. So, everybody, it's been a great time. I'm going ahead and let my, my uh, party of three today going ahead and say their outros, let you know their domains, their stuff and things, where you can find them. We'll start with the Nathan Napalm. Yes, you can find me on YouTube, the Nathan Napalm, youtube.com forward slash Nathan Napalm, or you can go to Twitter, the Nathan Napalm, and find me there. That's pretty much it. Make sure you guys join me this week. I'm going to release something really uh, ridiculous, so oh. make sure you're there to see the absurdity I'm about to unleash on the world. Um, tease? <laughs> can you tease? Can you tease? Yeah, I can tease. Um, it's a parody of a song. <laughs> oh my god! I can't sing, but I do it anyway. I recently did Imagine, and it was Imagine MMOs, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, but now I've convinced my wife who can sing, and this is a parody of a song. It's a, du a duet, so it's got a, a male singer and a female, and she does a female part. And the storyline of this song is that I haven't been outside in like years, and she's the son, like singing down, trying to coerce me to come outside. Uh, so. You know, I had to mention that because you mentioned not going outside. Perfect, so that yeah. That's great. It's fantastic. Which, by the way, I have to say, I, with your last video, I actually caught that one. And I got to the end, I was just like, what is this? What is this? I was like, this is great. What can I do? I got to do stuff for this. Yeah, you guys should check it out. Mist. Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel, uh, Wandering Mist on YouTube. I put up weekly videos Related to MMORPGs, I like to rant, I like to scream, I like to complain about all the games that I play. So if that's something that interests you, and as long as you don't mind strong opinions, then come and join me. I'm also active mm -hmm. on the Ashes of Creation official Discord and official website slash forums. You can find me on there with the same tag. Yes. I see my latest video badge. You'll see what I mean. It's yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out. There then. was some stuff in there. <laughs> and uh, I'm Seymour. I've been your host. Lexer will be here next week. He couldn't make it today, but he'll be here again soon. And remember, if you'd like to come hang out, contribute to the conversation. We are always looking for more to join the party here on the show. Contribute to the conversations. But first, don't forget to go and follow the show Twitter, which is at the LFM show on Twitter. You can also send us a, a mail, a message that we can read on the show if you would like. Um, and you could do that by the LFM show at gmail.com. You can also join the discord. You can at me, you can leave a message on the Twitter, on any of the videos, whatever, on the podcast, on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever. You can even call in at 1-539-664-6801. Leave a message for the show. We might play it if it's not too ridiculous. 
but please make it at least a little ridiculous or just passionate, but not in an awkward sense. I'm going to leave it on that note. It's been a great time, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We will catch you next time, friends. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.